This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. I am your host, Phil McCabe, and today we have a very special guest. But before I get into the guest, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what I think this show is and what it's about. Uh, in my view, this show is designed to share the stories of as many people as I can and really delve into what mental health means and how it's impacted people in so many different ways. Now, 2020 has been a year of many things. We've had murder hornets. We've had the world literally catching fire, the death of Kobe Bryant and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. COVID and so many different things, but today's conversation is about racism and the impact that might have on someone's mental health. So with that said, I'm a cisgendered white male coming from relative privilege, so I thought it would be inappropriate for me to be speaking about experiences that I just don't have. Uh, and with that in mind, I reached out to someone that I've admired for a couple years now in terms of uh, the broadcasting world and someone that I've been listening to for years. Uh, one of my favorite broadcasters and someone I believe is genuinely smarter than me, News Talk 1010 Zone, <laughs> Adjua and Sia Yubois. Thank you so much Hello. for joining me, Adjua. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So since this is a relatively heavy topic, I kind of thought I'd start by uh, just breaking the ice a little bit lighter of a question. Mm -hmm. How often in, uh, in a week, in a year, do you get your friends and loved ones turning to you for directions around the GTA? Um, all the time. Can be very annoying, <laughs> especially when you're not working and it's a Sunday and people are calling and they're like, oh, what's the 401 look like? And I'm just like, I have no idea. I'm in bed uh, sleeping <laughs> in because I never get to sleep in. So as I said off the top, there's been a lot of unrest around the world. You know, we've had protests mm -hmm. for various things. We've had, as I said, murder hornets, which seem to disappear and then come back. There's been so much. And one common thread that seems to go throughout the years, not just 2020, is videos uh, or viral videos of racism. Uh, you know, in recent memory, mm -hmm. there was the woman that was uh, recorded calling the police on a black family for having a barbecue in the park. Uh, there was the lady that called the cops on a child for selling lemonade outside of her apartment building and, and so many different videos like that. So yeah. I'll ask you, when you see videos like this, or at least hear about them, how does that make you feel? I think when I see them, I'm not shocked. Um, sometimes I'm angered. A lot of the times I'm angered by them. A lot of the times I'm annoyed. And a lot of the times it's, it's a combination of all of these feelings. A lot of the times I'm, I'm numb to it because it's not new. People are just filming all of this stuff now, all of these incidents of racism. It's just being brought to people that are not of colors viewpoint right now, right? So now it's, it's a top of mind awareness. We are all, usually we just exist within our, I always use a lifeboat analogy. We exist within our, our own bubbles. We have our family and our friends and for the majority of people, that's how they navigate. And if it doesn't affect them, they don't see it as a problem or a situation, or if it didn't happen to me, how did that really happen to you? I don't understand it. And 
So when I'm seeing these videos, obviously as a person of color, as a black, black woman, I, I am triggered. I am, like I said, it's, it's a bundle of emotions. I am numb. I am sad. I am all of these things. And I'm the one thing I am ne I never am is shocked. I'm never shocked by them because it's not new. It's not new. We always try to brush things under the rug and make it seem as though we are living in a post-racial society always. It doesn't matter. It's, it comes in cycles in history. So whether it be, you could go back to the Emancipation Proclamation. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's, it's, an, it's American history, but it was when slaves were freed. And they weren't technically freed. If you really know the history of that, I'm not going to get into all the minutiae because we'll be here all day. But um, they were given their four acres and quote unquote a mule. But with that came nothing. They didn't really they owned, they could have owned land, but they couldn't really buy anything to produce anything on the land. So it's all of this, it's just the illusion of freedom that keeps happening, even within the Civil Rights Act. Yes, that gave people voters' rights and even integrating schools, but schools in Mississippi, I can even use that, haven't, I think it was like, a, a, quote me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, I think 1995 was one of the last schools to be integrated in Mississippi. And I know I'm being very American focused, but and even if we use residential schools in Canada, the last one was in 1995. So we just have a lot of work to do. And I think we have this idea in society. I, I don't want to say all of us, but we're all socialized to believe that and this is going to be politically incorrect, that white is better than black, right? And mm -hmm. white is better than uh, everything else, other, because everything else is otherized, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's from beauty standards to education, our history is completely whitewashed. I was a history and broadcast major uh, when I went to university, and, and I always had a zest for learning about history, because if you don't learn your past, you can't learn in the future. But if you're not learning an accurate past, how the heck do you know anything that's going on about the world? When you make it as though North America didn't exist before white Europeans came and they were, and when they did come, they're portrayed to be heroic and saviors. And then you just literally whitewash the history and make it look like uh, indigenous people, people of color added nothing to a history. Then what do you have? Then it's this, we are socialized to believe these things, these, these cultural norms, these societal norms that... Mm -hmm the other is bad and white is right and everything else is a monolith, but whites are, white people are individuals. So it just, it becomes this thing where it becomes trying, it becomes tired and you're trying to navigate all of this. And, and yeah, it's a lot of trauma. I, I will say that seeing all of these, whether it's Barbecue Betty and all of these things where there are all of these racially motivated videos where half of the time these people don't even realize that they're doing it because they've been socialized to believe what they're doing is okay. And they're never reprimanded for this bad behavior. This mm -hmm. family enjoying their barbecue is the one that ends up get, getting reprimanded because the way our system works, the way systemic racism works is that police officer, and this is not, this is not saying that all police officers are like this, but within a system, nine times out of 10, the person of color is disbelieved versus the white person say who made the call or whatever the case may be and it's just based on the color of our sin and it, uh, color of our skin excuse me and it's all comes down to how we are socialized to believe certain things and that's only going to change and i have been saying this 
since this racial reckoning began with that made the world start to wake up to it and really want to make a change because things have happened and and nobody wants this i would hope the majority of us don't want this to be a moment we want it literally to be a continued movement for the advancements and equity and equality for everybody because at the end of the day the only way we as a world are going to be better is when everybody is on an equal playing field everyone and and that is everybody and not with certain groups above and i don't care if it's it ends up being reversed and it's black people it's still not okay it mm-hmm. should be equity and equality for everybody and the only way that happens is by recognizing that and through education and through understanding and having those uncomfortable conversations because we've been socialized not to have these conversations because it's impolite because what are the two things you don't talk to when you go to a friend's house or you're at relatives house you don't talk about politics you don't talk about religion and you don't mm-hmm. talk about race the three no-nos oh my goodness Adwa, there is so much to unpack there and i, <laughs> I appreciate how impassioned you are it's a when i uh, spoke to our uh, mutual friend amber pay about communicating yeah. with you that was it, something that made me excited to speak to you is how impassioned you can be and how well-spoken you are but mm-hmm. kind of bringing um i had a, a question while you were going off there do you think that the the sharing of these viral videos the the mass outrage over these incidents and the the things that followed do you think that that is a, a genuine sign of hope for the future or do you think that that's going to turn into almost like roles are reversed and then eventually white people become systemically oppressed and like it just kind of reverses mm. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, think about it. Systemic racism um, and white supremacy has been in place for thousands upon thousands of years. So it, it's not happening in a minute. Is the population and what the world look like uh, changing? Yeah, it's changing in North America. Um, and so people are afraid and in fear of that. So what are most people afraid of? They're afraid of change. I do think that there will be a change and a difference. I, I see it in my workplace, um, in terms of initiatives that they're putting in place to hire BIPOC, um, Black, Indigenous, people of color, if you didn't know what that meant, um, as well as other workplaces. And there's all these initiatives. Now, the reason why I think that this is this is happening, because the videos have been happening for years and years, and, and the murder and maiming of the black bodies and indigenous bodies and people of colors bodies have been happening forever and being filmed and what happens and am i guilty of this i look at a video i see it i watch it i am enraged i i go on a posting spree and start donating and doing all the things that i want to do but you know what happens life gets in the way you know what 2020 has done with COVID? life isn't getting in the way there's nothing to do we can't go to the movies we can't travel we're not distracted by partying and going to a bar and, and lulling ourselves into an excuse. We are faced with all of this, all of our feelings, all of our emotions. So yeah, for me, I, I, I actually, for the first time in my lifetime, I actually feel that change is here and uh, change is happening. And it's going to be for the betterment for all of us and the generations after us because those are the generations that are really going to benefit from 
the work that a lot of us are doing now. They're going to see the fruits of the labor. They're going to see the changes in an education system. They're going to see laws that govern um, society and, and certain things with redlining and not allowing people to rent in particular places. And I'll tell one quick story. When my parents were here, when they like first came to Canada, they came in the late 60s, and they tried to rent a place at Young, what was it, Bathurst and Finch area. Mm-hmm. And they were told there was no vacancies. When they drove up, you saw a sign that said vacancy. And they asked, they had all of, they had good credit. Everything was great. My mother and my father were both here for school. And they literally were told that, no, we don't rent two people that look like you. So, and these are people that, that were educated. They weren't stupid people. Um, they weren't drug dealers, but you know what? They fit the profile of somebody that they didn't want in that building. And yes, that was the late sixties, late seventies, but it doesn't make it okay. Right. That's when change was happening. That's mm-hmm. when civil rights was in full effect, but that didn't matter because like I said, it doesn't impact people's particular bubble and people when people are ready for change change they're going to cling and they're going to hold on to what they know what they feel comfortable with because for them change means disruption change means you're going to take something away from me well and speaking of change one thing that i noticed with the uh, the most recent bout of uh, of protests of, of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement was uh, mm-hmm. the NBA players boycotting games and, and the different professional sports leagues following suit. Uh, along the same lines, do you think that that's a way for people w- in that position with that platform to enact real change? Or do you think that that's uh, political posturing, for lack of a better term, on these players' parts of, look, I care, I'm kneeling mm-hmm. during the anthem? I think it depends on on the player. And I think it depends on the league, right? So if you're looking at the NBA, what? It's more than 80% of the players are black. So that's going to impact them more because that is the life that they live. When they leave that basketball court, it doesn't matter how much money they make. If they get pulled over by a cop, the cop doesn't care, mm-hmm. right? They see them as a black person and that could take you in a different, different way. Like white players aren't getting that talk when you're 10 or 11 or you're going out with your friends if a cop comes up to you say no sir yes sir be very kind be very polite keep your hands by your side anything they ask for if they ask you for your id give them your id just be very cooperative so it impacts them more and people get angry and they say athletes and and actors shouldn't say anything but money is the thing that will bring about change when the nba um when the Bucks, they were the ones who started it all mm-hmm. and decided not to play their game in the playoff, and it created such a buzz. Do you know how many ad dollars are involved in that and sponsorships and all of that? So they're not playing. They're losing money. So when you're losing money, what does that force you to do? Has a CEO or a business person, that, makes, that causes you to take action that you probably wouldn't have taken if they decided just to play the game. So I really do think sports and athletics will make a change, not because they're any smarter than me or you, or they're more informed than me or you, but they have a bigger platform and their voice and their influence over people who own businesses and corporations 
can force change. These, in, these institutions may not want this change to bring about, but if they're losing money, what are, what are they weighing? They're weighing, do I want to lose all this money or do I want to cater? Look what it took for the NFL who were steadfast and saying no because it was just a few rogue players that were kneeling, right? And Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. But, and they're saying that, yes, they care. Yes, they stand by it. And yes, they understand. It took a man being killed and basically brutalized for eight minutes, over eight minutes, for us as a world to take notice and be like, wow, this is happening and that is wrong. And what are we going to do about it? So yeah, it's, it's a combination, right? It's, I do believe that it's not just something they're just doing, especially for the NBA and a lot of NFL players. And I do think in terms of hockey, of course, there are players that are, are passionate about it and they feel a certain way about it. But do I think that's the whole league? No, because it's not because they are, they're racists. I don't believe that at all. It, it more comes down to when you are not impacted by racism, injustice, and those sort of things, it's hard for you to understand. Well, and that actually segues perfectly into my next question, because the reality is me as, as a white person, as a male, as the person that I am, the life that I've had, I've never had to experience the, those feelings of, of fear, of, of anger that happen in those moments when you see the, the various videos and hear about uh, the the likes of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And obviously you're one person, but if you can try and explain the impact that videos of George Floyd in particular, what kind of impact that that has on the black community? Because like I said, I genuinely don't understand. Like I, like you said, I I can't speak for the whole community, but I I can tell you my experience and I can tell you the experience of say, like my mom, when we watched that, it was, I sat there and I said, wow, there is no, there's no bottom. There's no bottom. People are filming you murder somebody, murder somebody. They're, they weren't resisting arrest. You can't use that excuse. He had no weapon. His hands were behind his back. He was screaming, I can't breathe, and screaming his mother's name. And this, this police officer who had a rap sheet, um, murdered him and felt nothing. That's, that's what I witnessed. And I witnessed, I don't know, my body like literally started to convulse and I, I felt sick to my stomach and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It's not that it was just, it was the callousness, the coldness. This is a person that taxpayers pay to protect everybody. And this guy and the four officers, the other three officers who stood by and watched, didn't stop him. They're just as guilty. They didn't pull him off. They were basically in certain parts, they're trying to hide and use their bodies as shields so the people that were filming couldn't get a good shot. So I know people, there's this whole thing and everybody's talking about, oh, well, you know, it's like all cops aren't bad. I don't think all cops are bad. I, I don't think that at all. But I think the problem arises when you don't get rid of those quote unquote bad apples, you're just rotting the entire soil because you're saying what they're doing is okay by not naming them because of this blue wall. And I think that's a problem. I think 
that wouldn't happen in in our industry uh you can't paint all cops with with a single brush because that's not the reality all cops are not bad and most cops get into their profession with to help people and most of us wouldn't want to do that job so i always praise them and give them kudos but we have to recognize there is a problem and yes there's a lot of emphasis on cops but it's a societal problem systemic racism is real it's not a fictitious thing and I, I myself have been struggling with so much. All of it just brings back trauma, things I suppress because I'm a part of the system. I'm a part of the system that has told me that I am, I am less than, I am not as good enough. I have to work three times as hard to get into a certain school to work as twice as hard, making sure that, speaking in a particular way, making sure that people are not, afraid of my name so i always have this i still have this this sort of I, I call it a little bit of a tick but when people are saying my last name I almost laugh after to make them feel comfortable with saying my last name when the reality is i shouldn't be doing that. i can't even control it i just i just know that i do it mm -hmm. and i have to be aware of it but these are all things that i've been socialized to believe it's almost like i always use the example of somebody that was abused when somebody is abused it changes who they were supposed to be. When somebody is a victim of racist behavior that changes their innocence, stripes it away of who and all they were supposed to be. It does, it just changes it. It rips off that mask that, wait, I am not like everybody else and the world is not going to be a fair and equitable place for me. And then you get into the mindset of what do I need to do to get to where I need to be because I know, and this is as of recent, in most workplaces, especially the higher up you go, there's less and less people that look like you. And it's not even like I'm necessarily looking for that, but it's hard not to see and you ask yourself why. And then you buy into this thing that, oh, maybe these people aren't smart enough or this, that, and the other, when you know the reality is that's not true. <laughs> but we've been sold this bill of goods and it's, it's been truth. And we just don't want to recognize all the trauma that bubbles to the surface every time these videos are put out. I, I've come to a point where I don't even share any of these videos of the brutalization of Black bodies. I'm very, I'm very choosy about what I share. Maybe I'll write something instead or do something like that. But I don't, or, or it's like a disclaimer because it is we've become so desensitized to seeing black people die or seeing indigenous people die or people of color die it's it's not okay in the news you just see images of black people and it's a black suspect and and there's very little differentiation where i'll use an example look at bruce MacArthur. they show instead of showing his mugshot this man's a serial killer convicted of killing all of these people but instead of showing his mugshot, this is systemic racism at work, they show a jolly picture of him looking like Santa Claus. I, I seem to remember the, the same thing with uh, when news broke about Luca Magnata and, and right. what he had done. You know, it was all of his model pictures. There was never right. a mugshot. It was, oh, what has happened to this young man that he's done these things that he did? Right. And yet uh, any shooting downtown Toronto, it's some kind of mugshot or camera or CCTV footage. It's never the, the same right. treatment. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's, that's something that us in the broadcasting world, we, we see on a regular basis. We, 
experience mm -hmm. on a regular basis. So I, I think that's something that we as a society have to almost stop normalizing the- We do. The, and we, gotta, we have to not be lazy on top of it too, because a lot of the times it'll be, say on one hand, those are the pictures that the cops are giving to the media. So it's not like the media is picking and choosing and they're going through somebody's Facebook and be like, I'm taking this picture, this, that, and the other. No, they get confirmation from, from police and whatever picture they give is what they use. But on our side, as, as being people in the media, I think what needs to almost happen is we need to almost demand the same for all. So if we're talking about a serial killer, why am I showing him looking like Santa Claus? to make him look like he's kind. Like, are, are we working for the defense? Because I'm confused. Why are taxpayer dollars paying for a good picture? Because that's already setting him up. Like, as if he's this great person, when we know for a fact, now we know for a fact, because he's been convicted, that he killed all of these people over a period of time. And, but we're focused on, say, a 17-year-old, or I won't say 17-year-old, because under the Youth Offenders Act, you can't show his picture, picture. So say 18 and above, we're showing immediately if it's a person of color especially if it's a black person you're seeing their mugshot you are even if the family is given a picture that they want to give out because many times then these families have press conferences talking about hey this is the picture we gave but they decided to go with this why is that right in your face that's a clear example of systemic racism clear no you're you're absolutely right and i i hope and that's the main reason i want to do this podcast is to just shed light on these points on on these things that we as a society can tackle even if it's you know we're we're pushing the bar an inch at a time at least we're doing something at least we're trying to better society just before i let you go i if mm -hmm. there was a, a, a young black person out there or a person of color in general that's dealing with uh, either intentional or unintentional racism and how that's negatively impacting their mental health what would you Adjual, want to say to them I would want to say, stick to your guns, be you. Don't let anybody burn out your light or burn out your shine or tell you that you're less than. And when you're seeing in your face the same kid who's the same age as you, but just happens to be, say, a different color um, than you, but is getting more attention, um, you write a paper, you know it's great, but you're demoralized for seeing that reading the other person's paper and they're getting a better mark than you, I would say, stick true to your convictions. Don't be afraid to confront a teacher and ask why. Use examples as to why, but fight for yourself because we are still in this broken system. It didn't change overnight. Things, people are being held to account, but always don't be afraid to question everything. Question everything. The only way we get better, the only way we learn is when we do question everything and you're allowed to question and you're allowed to be a free thinker because that is the only way you're going to figure out who you want to be and the best you want to be. If I could tell myself when I was 17 or 16, I would never let teachers or people in power make me feel less because of what I look like. That's what I would tell them. That is an absolutely perfect moment to end on. But before I let you go, do you have uh, social media handles I can give to people? I do. So on Twitter, because uh, my Instagram is private, <laughs> on Twitter, I am uh, Adj on Air. So that's my Twitter handle. Okay. So that's okay. AJ 
on air. Thank you very much, Adjway. I appreciate your time. And, um, you know, this was hopefully uplifting for people and enlightening for others. I, I definitely appreciate yes. it. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. If you would like to be a guest on the show or you just want to share your story, either publicly or anonymously, you can contact me at phil at 1059theregion.com or you can reach out to info at 1059theregion.com. Until then, I close with You Are Loved. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 1059 The Region. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 1059 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.